0: Back to another Impact Tonight. The Impact Education This is episode 113. This is season 5. I'm here with people out there during Thursday night? The lovely Miss Mina Taylor, Kendrick Bullard, and Buddy Thornton, the positive social changer, pro. Buddy Thornton, the positive social changer, pro, please say hello to the people.
1: Good evening, everybody, and it is a thrill to be here with you, Isaiah, and with my esteemed panel mate.
0: As those healthy relationships, through practical and communication skills, are necessary, are necessary to help rebuild our society. First, I want to pull from Kendrick Bullard. I want to pull from him, and just to say, you know, hello again, KB, and what you got going on out there in Tennessee have everything going on i'm helping people build for the greater future right i'm actually in the uh, i'm in arkansas right now and i'm actually helping the city of charles and some of these people build systems out of here that allow us to be a part of the future not just a, a segment of it but a future part of it but i help to lead the homeless of course all the time and I figure out ways to be able to reengineer things that matter. That's what it's all about, and we're gonna talk more about this uh, as we go on. But I just thank you guys for the opportunity to be able to share what we're doing as a, as a uh, as a unit, as a whole, uh, because you guys are helping me do all these things and more. Absolutely And sir We appreciate you For that endeavor You know I was talking to Buddy Jordan, the Gordon uh, Before we started The show tonight And you know I told him What came to mind When speaking with him Was you know Dreaming the impossible Dream uh, Dreaming an Impossible dream And as I As I hear you And speak with you uh, KD uh, You know I hear that Favorable I believe Combination of You know Having You know, you know All the panel here Tonight uh, With that type of Influence With that type of um, I would say uh, in, internal and external um, powers right uh, that have you know been tailored to address these areas that we're going to be addressing tonight, like that EQ like that emotional intelligence right uh, like that uh, SEL social emotional learning those different aspects and, and, and what that being said, I just want to pull a uh, buddy through really quick before we get into uh our first question buddy thornton how are you doing uh we know you are recovering still from COVID-19 and just tell us, now, us a little bit about your status right now sir and and you know how how are you doing how are you coping with all these uh just different different uh situations right now that's going on with you sir
1: well thank you for asking isaiah the, uh, the doctors have given me a very good prognosis, uh, the breathing is uh, coming along nicely, the clots are resolving themselves, uh, it's going to be a long uh, road. Uh, I talked to one of my peers who went through this uh, several months before I did and it took him about six to eight months to resolve all of the issues that go along with me diagnosed with COVID and then having to go through the steroids and all the other things that go along with getting through this and I'm 30 years older than he is so I'm have time but you know if God wanted me he would have taken me so I have to take solace in the fact that I have a mission to fulfill and he wants me here to do it so I will persevere and I'm going to keep the faith and just keep moving and uh, you keep asking me to To do what I need to do, and I'll keep doing what I need to do.
0: Thank you, sir. You know we're praying for you, sir. You know that. Um, You know I want to go back to KB uh, because you know there there is a new community that we have now uh, since this pandemic has come upon us, right? And so there's a different type of, I believe, a social life, right? And there are new ways of communicating. There are new ways of uh, interacting, right? In, in order to fulfill those different uh, appropriate, right, and effective uh, ways of, you know, managing your, I would say, uh, emotions, right? And, and this is a, a major uh, accomplishment, I, I feel, uh, for some more than others. But, um, you know, Kendrick Bullard, I want to ask you a question. I want to pull on you. Tonight, and, and I want I want us to to take a journey with you. I, I want us to walk with you, and I want you to take us, you know, and lead us uh, almost by the hand as as I ask you this question here. How how for you? And, and I'm trying, I'm saying now uh, with uh, you know COVID nineteen and, and with the Delta variant, and, and just with this. Uh, endemic virus that's on us that's upon us. how effective for you is communication skills and how and how are you managing those, those skills to, I would say sustain right those healthy relationships that you have? You know in your inner circle, and in your your outer circle. That would be my first question tonight. Well, uh, what I do is I I communicate over people. If somebody communicates to me, if somebody communicates to me, whether it be on a high frequency level of being joyful and unhappy, I meet them there. And if they come to me in a very humbled and loving and peaceful and happy and joyous moment i'll meet them there too for me it's about meeting everybody else where they are my relationships are focused on on, on what i want instead of what i don't want i, I don't think about COVID. COVID is not my reality, because I know how to work around those things. You know, in the Army, they taught us how to be able to work around things, but you can't work around effective communication, but you can work around what you want as an effective communication, and what can make you happy. I go overboard to overly communicate how I'm feeling, Uh, but I figured out the triggers for me to be happy. And for me, it's about being able to, to understand how to meet each individual person every day with whatever skill set I have for that moment, whether it be smart or talking to them. On a, homeless, a homeless gentleman, a homeless female, I will meet them on the street and talk to them so that I can help them get where they want to be instead of where I am. Effective communication is about believing in both yourself and each other.
1: Effective communication is active listening, processing, understanding what you heard, and then understanding what the other person is wanting you to respond, and Making a internal connection that becomes a relationship driver, you can 't have a healthy relationship if you can 't internalize and emotively communicate because real communication involves both verbal and nonverbal communication. So you have to take the time to process and you have to not only understand what you want to say, but you have to understand and internalize what the other person is saying to you and asking from you.
0: That was so good, that was so good. Ooh, I wanna, okay, let me go here. I know this is kinda like, but you guys can go with the flow. I wanna ask, And whoever wants to take this first, you can take it. But what is your love language when it comes to communication styles? Do you know your love language? Well, do you? Who wants to take that first? Uh, I'll go first, and I'll be happy to say why I've read those books, the five love languages, but over the years I've been able to figure out that. We are so much more above that platform or that level. I believe in myself, and I know that I, I love, I love people. I love a woman. I, uh, but everybody's platform may not be that. I know what I like in. I, I know how to be in love with myself, but I know I also I, I have a. A soulmate, sort of, or twin flame, or whatever you want to call it. But I know, I know that I, I enjoy a girly girl, and I know that the love languages for me is to be able to have a woman that is confident within herself. And like I said, I, I read the five love languages many years ago, but at the end of the day. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, there's no end of the day for me. What it's all about is being able to know that uh, I'm confident in whatever relationship that I'm in or who I'm dealing with at that particular time. The five love languages, I probably went through those characteristics and picked up a whole lot on the ethical and the spiritual side, a whole lot, I mean, many years ago. But I also understand that those languages are are another platform. They're just the beginning stage of the process so that we can know that we know that we have other things to be able to encounter. The love languages taught us how to be in love with ourselves and give us a platform to be there. But the real person, the real star, I'm sorry, the real star of the show is, is the person that we're dealing with. Uh, the person in front of us, it's, which is us, we got to look at ourselves and understand how important it is for all of us to understand how to be able to be able to apply those love languages uh, to ourselves and each other. Yeah, ourselves. no, 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 <laughs> no, 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 I, no, I definitely hear you, KB, you know, because for me, You know i i i had to to look at it myself because i was trying to figure out like you know am i communicating effectively with the people that i love and that the people you know and the people that i care about right and i had to go and and i did some assessments and I, i found out that my love languages are you know those words of affirmation right meaning like you can buy me you can buy me a house you can buy me a boat you can buy me a car but when you tell me, hey, you know, I appreciate you. That's my love language. My love language is uh, words of affirmation. When someone tells me, hey, I appreciate you. Hey, I'm proud of you. And I was like, wow, is that me? And I did these assessments. And I, I started looking at it. I was like, wow, that is me. Because I will buy you gifts, you know, because, you know, when I love on someone, I, I buy them things. Or, I, you know, I spend time know talking with them or just listening i do more listening than i do talking now and it's something but my my love language is words are, are those words of affirmation but let, let me um this is not about me let me go to uh buddy Thorne. what is your love
1: language isaiah my wife and i obviously as you know are in our 48th year together and i I don't believe that we really have a love language that needs to be explained because after that much time our love can defy pretty much any trauma or stress that comes upon it. But my wife would tell you that she takes an incredible amount of admiration when I walk into a room and when someone asks me about me, The conversation always starts with, I've been married 47 years to my wonderful gift from God. My wife is my blessing. And I would never conceptualize starting a conversation any other way. When I walk into a room, the first thing I do is I try to sense the emotive way she is existing in the room. I can sense when she is troubled. I can sense when she's happy. I can sense when she needs me to sit next to her or hold her or put my arm around her. I can sense when she just wants me to be in the room with her because the presence is all that she needs. The love language is understood. I think that goes without saying after that much time. I think you tend to grow into each other, and I think that's that's something that just... Happened over time. Uh, Anyone ask me how our love started, I can't define it, I can't explain it, but I know that I could never live without it. Oh
0: my God, it was powerful. Can can we take what you just said, can we take what KB just said, and ask this question? Because this is the heart of the matter. Buddy Thornton, the Positive Social Change is a pro. We called upon you tonight. Because we want you to give us The answer We want you to deliver And with that being said My question for you Because now we're going to take this back To the school arena How can educators Teach more On respecting The needs and rights Of others While respecting Your own needs Your own rights And how can they do this? In a way That will help our young people Our young scholars Better express their Ideas, their creativity Right? While knowing their boundaries And their place as young scholars moving forward, moving ahead, right? So that they know how to have balance, how to have etiquette, how to have control. What are some ways that I was saying educators can teach our youth, our young, and this is probably an easy question for you, of course, I know it is, but where, where do we start, where do we start, as educators, where do we start,
1: that's my question. Isaiah, everything starts from the heart. As you know, I have a program of my life, my voice, my dreams, my choice. But when I approach the school setting, I start with the educators, the authority figures in the school. Now, anybody who can be an authority figure, obviously, administrators, counselors, but the teachers in the classroom are the ones who have the face out to the students. But what a lot of them need to understand is that they are, a lot of them assume they're an authority figure. But they shouldn't start with an assumption. Authority figures must earn a place in a child's heart to be invited into that child's quality world. Yes, a child is going to see a teacher as an authority figure, but that doesn't mean they're going to invite them in. They're going to tune them out. How many kids sit in classrooms and tune their teachers out? All the time. For a teacher to get into a child's heart. They need to project calm. They need to project that they care about the child. When a child enters the room, they need to express concern. Good morning, Charles. How is your day going today? Uh, Did you have a nice, you you know, time getting to school this morning? Was your evening? Did you sleep okay last night? They need to engage with the child. They need to make sure that the child understands that the school environment is not the primary concern of the teacher. The teacher's there to teach them, yes, but the teacher cares about them. Because what that does is that builds a visceral connection. It builds the first foundation that a child needs, and that is dignity. Dignity for the self. And because the teacher is doing that, then the teacher can expand that concept so that the child understands that if I'm going to give you dignity and I'm going to role model how to give you dignity, I'm showing you how to give dignity to the people around you. At the same time, the teacher can expand that concept to what is personal space. Never invade, evade the student's personal space. Make sure the child has autonomy. Give the autonomy to the child and then role model how to give personal space to the people around them. Reinforce it gently, but make sure it's reinforced. And then you capstone it off with universal positive regard. And you make sure that you're doing that to every child in the classroom so that each child sees that you're not just singling them out. You're doing it for everybody. So you're role modeling that they should also do it for everybody. It's called building an environment of consideration. You're making sure that a child understands that because they're allowed to have personal dignity, they're allowed to have autonomy within their personal space and they're being given every bit of consideration for what is in their world if they come with a concern and say I really had a really lousy night last night and the teacher actually shows them empathy and concern and makes them feel like they are wanted and loved in that classroom loved not in a wrong way but they're being given consideration The teacher has made a connection, and the child is going to invite them into their quality world, and now the child is completely open to learning anything that's being role-modeled or expressed by that teacher. And unless the teacher breaks that bond, that child is going to win for the rest of the school year.
0: Absolutely mind-blowing, mind-boggling. Don't go anywhere, please don't go anywhere. KB, you heard what Buddy just said. You are a master resiliency instructor and teacher. How do you teach people to hunt for the good stuff in life? That's my question for you. Well, the real question is to identify what's good. There's no real good or bad to any part of this world. It's just what's here. Those experiences that are out there. And and be able to understand what autonomy is and not necessarily take the autonomy away because sometimes we remove the autonomy that, that kids already have. Autonomy is there for that. For, for the purpose of knowing that the kids are free anyway. Sometimes the schools do a very good do a pretty good job of closing down the kids' autonomy. Focus on building what the kids really not not just what they need but what they want. I mean part of what we do on the part of what we do in the past and everything in every part of school that we have is we build upon an industrial south. But I wanna be able to build on a a new North where we're able to understand how visions work. Autonomy and vision go hand in hand. And being able to structure kids is not a part of autonomy. Allow kids to be themselves, and reward good behavior. But the kids can do the same thing. Give them enough autonomy to be able to love it, to love through everything that takes place, whether it be good or bad or indifferent, positive or negative. I don't see it as good or bad, of course. I'm sorry about that. But I do see things being a positive influence on things that happen and everything's a choice so are you gonna go left or right and it's not so much all that it's really a really good fine line in the middle there's no left or right allow kids to to understand and experience the love that takes place closeness comes from relationships so, for me, it's about bringing over to understand, allowing that kid and the teacher to expand at the same time. Kids are smart. Sometimes we dumb them down because of the industrial systems that we put in place. So, he allow them to teach us just as much as they can teach, uh, allow them to teach us just as much as they allow us to teach them. But the world is about bringing for people to understand that the belief in themselves will create the circumstances that make the world happy that was very, very intentional listen, it's time for the epilogue, it's time for the takeaways, who wants to go first, we're out of time, who wants to go first time for the takeaways time for the epilogue, time for the epilogue I'd like to go first because my uh, my my takeaway is really simple, and I wanna I wanna kind of end in this end a lot of these talks that we had with with the learnings that we had because that's that's what it's all about is being able to show that my simple takeaway for this episode is to be able to understand how to expand what you're doing whether you're using engineering terms or anything else or anything else. That it helps you experience the level of joy. One engineering principle that I use: be able to apply essential oils, cedarwood, world things that don't have alcohol in them. Those essential oils are healers for the heart, the mind, the soul, the spirit. The goal is to always to ensure exactly. <clears> that
1: Isaiah. My takeaway is also pretty simple, but I I think that what really needs to be understood in today's world, especially after what's essentially going to be almost, if not more than two years of COVID-19 and all the turmoil that society has gone through, we need to get above the process I know we talked a little bit before the podcast and you know you've been going through the pro- the process of school this week. The process. We get we get locked into the process. And when we get locked into the process, what gets lost? What gets lost is the connection with the kids. These kids are the future of our world. We need to treat them like they are more important than anything else. And they're certainly far more important than the process. Yes, we have to go through the process. But we cannot sacrifice their well-being and we cannot sacrifice their emotional and their psychological quality world for the process. Okay, so some of them struggle with the process. Sometimes we struggle with the process. We're adults. We're supposed to be able to handle the stress. You know what? Sometimes we have to set aside the process and say, you know what, our psychological well-being and their psychological well-being must be paramount. We have to put a period and a primacy effect on what's more important. Are these children more important? Absolutely. And in every instance where I've seen failures in schools and failures in households and failures in communication between parents and children, it's always because people get wound up and tied up with the process and they forget they're dealing with sensitive and totally imperfect human beings. We need to bless them, we need to hold them close, and we need to care about them, and we need to love them, and that's more important than the process. Impact of Education.
0: Leadership Podcast. Follow us.